You're listening to the Ivy Entrepreneurship Podcast from the Pierre L. Morissette Institute for Entrepreneurship at the Ivy Business School. My name is Eric Morris, and I will be your host for this episode. Don Bell is one of the founders of WestJet Airlines. He is widely respected as the owner of culture at WestJet, which still remains one of the company's key strategic advantages in the space. In this episode, Don discusses the founding of WestJet and the importance of culture in the workplace. Don, I was just hoping, uh, thanks so much for being here, first off, uh-huh. and I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about uh, your startup story. You know, when did you decide that you were going to start your own airline and, and what were maybe some of the things going on at that time that, that led you to that decision? Well, I think the uh, the basis for it would come from my love for aviation. I learned to uh, fly when I was about 16, 17 years old. Got my license really early on and had my own airplane where I borrowed the money from my dad when I was like 20 or 21 years old. And it was a tail dragger um, called a Cetabria, which is aerobatic spelled backwards. <laughs> and uh, I just, I couldn't get enough time in the sky and I love flying and I went on to start a computer business in my early 20s, and uh, we grew that business throughout Western Canada. And I had a couple airplanes that I used to fly around to my customers with. And so I got to mix my love with aviation into my business and and use it as a, as a business tool, which was really kind of cool. And I was in the computer business um, when computers didn't work very well, so customer service was extremely important to me, right. building relationships with customers and so I think those things kind of collided with uh, a couple of my buddies, um, initially Mark Hill and uh, Tim Morgan and I. Tim had a piloting background and Mark had a, a actually a real estate background, but he was quite a intensive person when it came to data. And, and uh, he kind of fell in love with the low-cost airline model. And, and we started exploring the idea of starting an airline. That was That was really the... The genesis. Um, I like to say that I got to merge what I knew with what I loved, and yeah, and uh, get get involved with the startup of a business that that allowed me to collide those two things. Yeah, interesting. And so some some different people with different skill sets, and uh, you know, just kind of finding a way to pool those interests into starting a new business. Yeah, exactly. And. When you when you started to take these steps towards starting an airline, because it's you know not something that uh, happens every day. Uh, you think of startups, it's it's a, it's a tough one. Where do you think the confidence came from to to start an airline, and you know what were the first couple steps you took? Well, we we studied some other airlines out there. There was obviously Southwest Airlines, which became probably our biggest um, go-to airline in terms of one that we wanted to to emulate but there was a lot of people that were i call them derivatives of southwest the the copycats that were around at that time i think there's one called mark air and then there was uh, value jet and there was morris air and there was a bunch of people that were taking the southwest model and this was before before ryanair as we know it today and mm-hmm. easyjet they hadn't even been started yet so there's a bunch of people, a bunch of companies that were taking the Southwest model and modifying it as a low-cost carrier, and and that's kind of what we tapped into. Yeah. So um, once we studied that model and became you know really familiar with it, we knew that there was a, a huge hole in the Canadian market for. We had the two incumbents at the time, Air Canada and Canadian, and they were right, right, right. very large and very lethargic and 
very unionized and multiple aircraft types and lots of employees and not much productivity. So <laughs> there was definitely a, a, a very huge hole in the market that we knew we could we could fill. And it wasn't so much stealing from them, it was more stealing from the car and the bus and the train and, and stimulate or what we like to call the Walmartization of the business. So, right. So that was the, uh, that's where we, the ideas, I guess, originally came from, from Southwest with their single airplane, no meals, no interline, single, single class of seats, mm -hmm. um, very simple business model that point-to-point uh, -point flights only, very simple business model that was easy to, to emulate. So we, we understood the model and we understood how it made sense and right. we, were, we were completely captivated by it and became consumed by it and, and we were also extremely naive, so we didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other things I think, uh, and I don't know if this was um, you know, purposeful or not, was around the culture side, it was fun. I mean, getting on a WestJet flight, like getting on a Southwest flight, was very different than anybody else in the, in the industry at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys had fun. Uh, the yeah, pilots, the, the flight attendants, uh, you know, anybody you encountered uh, seemed like they were having fun. Was that... It had to be purposeful. It was very purposeful. Again, that was a lot of that came from Southwest. Southwest was a very fun airline. And when you look at people that are in, you know, rather mundane jobs or repetitive jobs, whether you're a call center agent or a CSA, a customer service agent at an airport or a flight attendant or even a mechanic, and mm -hmm. if you can inject some some personality in the organization and uh, that manifests itself through fun, <laughs> it, it it certainly uh, adds a, a levity that um, and builds an esprit de corps that is that is um, it's palpable. It's just it, what ended up happening was we we created this environment, we hired the right people, the environment self perpetuated because mm -hmm. people were attracted to that environment. Sure. And by the time I retired, we were getting around thirty five hundred or four thousand unsolicited resumes every month wow. and probably most of them were people that liked the culture so so we had this huge base of people that would apply to work there because of the culture okay. so, that, so it ended up self-perpetuating and all we had to do was fuel it and keep it going so that was the fun part was uh, was a, a huge part of its success we also um you make that sound easy to don i, I don't think yeah. <laughs> i know there's a lot more to it than you're chief operating officer and some people would say you know maybe yeah. that and the, the fun well, culture a, a don't couple go of examples the we learned that if you have fun during a safety announcement the retention goes up like 80 percent oh wow so if it's just the boring you know sure. stuff well number one and most importantly it's no fun for the flight attendant to deliver a <laughs> yeah. you know a boring message you know, a thousand times right. that never, uh, it's completely uninspiring and, and no fun. So the, the flight attendants that would, that could inject humor would actually have contests with each other to see who could be the funniest. And that's right. fun. That is fun. So, so it added a, a component to their job that took it from the ultra uber mundane to, to something that they could really play with and have fun. Yeah. We also yeah. changed a lot of the labels that I think a lot of the labels it was one of the things that I did right away was we, we called our passengers PACS or PAX was the three letter acronym for passenger. And they were, they became these inanimate objects. How many right. PACS are on right. board this right. flight and how many PACS are connecting from <laughs> that flight and the PACS and 11A wants a glass of water. And so we changed it to guest and it was a bit of a, 
was a bit of an eye opener for the people that we hired from the industry, and and because uh, it's much easier to take care of a guest than it is a, mm. a PAX, and it had that had a fundamental shift in the way that we thought about our our customers, and yeah. and that also helped to perpetuate the, the amazing fun, how much language culture. matters. Isn't oh, it? it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've uh, had the the privilege of working with you on some other boards and some other things, and I know that uh, culture is not something you take idly. That you 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 preach it in the other work that you do, and you've seen benefit in, in I think several different companies over the years. Are there a couple of things that you would you know say these were kind of key to us, or some hints you might give, you know, some of the listeners in terms of building their own culture? What were some of the things that you looked for that you you know really touchstones for you? I think the biggest one would be hiring the right people. We used to have a mantra, hire for attitude and train for skills. Yeah. Except for the pilots. <laughs> but if you good have job. someone that gets out of bed in the morning with a with a good attitude, it's much more fun to work with somebody that Absolutely. has a bad attitude. So that, that was really important to us. And then we and I think this is what a lot of people don't get. We we built the organization around the people and we let the people decide what kind of an organization they wanted to build because we were growing too fast to to dictate it right so we said well you know the people told us we want they wanted fun and the people told us they wanted agility and the people yeah. told us that they wanted a levity in the work environment that they hadn't had before and if you're to say to someone what type of environment do you want to build that's going to make it fun to come to work yeah. and your 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 tendency to build that environment would be much better and much easier mm -hmm. it would be you're going to do it yeah so wouldn't it be more fun as a flight attendant for example to have fun doing a safety announcement as opposed to you know not have any fun or we we encouraged everybody to cross seat belts and pick up the garbage out of the seat backs uh, whether you were working on the flight or you were uh, you were an employee that was traveling on a pass mm -hmm. and we saved some money doing that but it also built that esprit de corps and, and the camaraderie right. and people liked it. it yeah you know it, it's better than you know the captain sitting in the front and the flight attendant would actually go to a different hotel and you know right. there was just no no camaraderie built so in terms of building a culture um, it's really paying attention to the little things and, and understanding what gets people out of bed in the morning mm -hmm. and at the end of the day you want people to go home and put their head on the pillow and say I had a great day yeah I was given the tools to do my job properly. I was empowered to do the things I needed to do to, to get things done. I was given the environment to be successful. And, yeah. and and you just have to pay a lot of attention to to that part of the business. I know, like I know create you're, an environment that people are gonna like. Yeah, and I know you're a big believer in celebrating the the wins and you know, making sure people understand and, and are able to celebrate when when things go well and when yeah, really the job important. is done well. Really important. Yeah, fantastic. I know uh, before I go on, kind of one last question. Uh, it's it's amazing to travel with you because how, how long have you been away from WestJet now? Uh, Eleven years. Eleven years. Everybody still knows you. I walk yeah. into an airport, Don. You yeah, know, it's I, it's amazing. It's like I'm going with Norm to Cheers. Now than when I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty special. I think it's really neat. Well, I the, I like that because when my kids fly with me, you know, they're given flight attendants are giving me high fives and hugs. And That's amazing. My kids get to see that. That's pretty special. I, I think it's a real testament to uh, to what you meant to the to the growth of that company. Uh, around the growth, it was uh, I picked up on something you said around the culture, and you know it was the the pilots and crew, and if there was somebody just uh, jumping, they were all cleaning the plane. 
-hmm. Because when you grow that fast, it's not just the culture. It's also Mm -hmm. the process, the systems that you have to put in place along the way. But, you know, they were all culture tied into the culture really well. It was it was part of an overall system. You know, can you tell me anything more about that? Or was that, again? Well, it goes back to creating the environment that we wanted. And one of the things that we we did was align the interests of the people with the interest of the company. So Mm -hmm. one way to put that is the more successful the company, the more successful the people. So they were all owners. That was a big part of your, they were all owners. And although money wasn't a big part of their motivation, it was just being able to come to work with a, if you asked people at WestJet, what, what's the most, what's the most important aspect of working here? They, they'd say fun. It's just, it's fun to work there. And way down on the list would be money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a shareholder was important because, if they were able to impact profitability in any way, they could see it through a profit share check. Yeah. And, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to educate them on how the business worked and, and what it meant to, to save money. And, you know, grooming the aircraft was a, a great example. We literally spent or saved millions of dollars every sure. year by, by doing the grooming. So, yeah, there was a, a lot of things like that that we, that we tried to focus on. There was a, a big focus on theme days in the call center because call centers are pretty boring. Sure. And we didn't call it a call center. It was a sales super center. Oh, yeah. And it had super agents. <laughs> they were known as super agents. It was kind of funny when people would call in, they'd be put on hold and, and the hold message would say, one of our super agents will be right. right with you. Yeah. And when they got connected, sometimes the guest would say, are you a super agent? <laughs> it's hard It's hard to be a lousy agent when somebody just <laughs> calls somebody's... you a super agent. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Last question. If you if you think back, uh, somebody's growing a business, uh, you know, what would be a, a hint that you'd give them, or, or something that they need to really think about as they they look to grow their business? You got to love people. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Find the right love. ones and, and really care people. for them. In you there. really got to care for people. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, Don, thanks so much. It's uh, really great. I really appreciate you being with us today, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in the future. Yeah, my pleasure. And that was Don Bell, one of the founders of WestJet Airlines. I wanted to briefly revisit a couple of points from that interview, mostly around the idea of culture. Culture is one of the toughest things to get right when you're starting an organization and one of the hardest things to maintain as you grow. Remember, you get kind of one chance to do this. It's really hard to change culture later on, so let's get it right at the beginning. The first point that Don made was higher right. Very, very critical. Attitude is so important. People are going to bring that attitude to work every day. You need to think through how is that going to engage with customers or disengage with customers. To keep those great people that you bring on board, you need to think through a people-first organization. How do I make sure that my people are engaged, that they're excited to get up in the morning and come to work, and that when they go home, they feel like, you know what, I accomplished something today. To do that, you have to pay attention to the little things. And I think Don covered that really well. Lastly, you want to cement that culture. And that means celebrating the wins, you know, giving credit to, the, to those who deserve it and, and making sure you distribute that around the organization. Uh, you know, and Don's last point was let's make sure that our people's interests are aligned with the company's interests. You know, believing in a purpose, believing in what we're trying to do, and then rewarding people as they achieve it are, are great ways to maintain that. Great lessons from Don. I really thank him for his interview. You've been listening to the Ivy Entrepreneur Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit ivy.ca forward slash entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.